African-American history tells the truth on America and they do not want the truth, period. They want to write lies as they wrote lies in our history books. This is blocking woke ideology at its worst, and there's very little about black history that's being discussed in this black history course. Black history, I think most reasonable-minded people are in favor of, of teaching that. But this defense of blocking black history uh, narrative is foolish and offensive to sound-minded and, and reasonable-minded people. The College Board has released the official revised framework for its Advanced Placement African-American Studies course. The updated framework strips away most of the content criticized by conservative lawmakers, particularly Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who banned a pilot version of the course from his state's public schools. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory. That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And so when you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. 60 schools across the country have taught a pilot version of the course, AP's first new course in nearly a decade. The new version of the course eliminates the work of black scholars such as Bell Hooks and ta Coates. Its sections on slavery, Reconstruction, and the Civil Rights Movement are largely the same, but it cuts back way more on recent topics like Black Lives Matter, affirmative action, queer life, and reparations. But should lawmakers have any say in how teachers teach the history of race in America? And what role, if any, should politics play in determining school curriculum? I'm Jen White. You're listening to the 1A Podcast, where we get to the heart of the story. We've got a lot to get into. Stay with us. We're discussing AP African American History and the College Board's Revised Framework. Joining us from Florida to talk about it is Andrew Sparr. He's the president of the Florida Education Association. That's the state's largest teachers union. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Jen. It's a pleasure to be here. And we should note that we invited the Florida Department of Education to take part in this discussion. They declined but sent this statement. Quote, African-American history is American history, and we will not allow any organization to use an academic course as a gateway for indoctrinization and a political agenda. We look forward to reviewing the College Board's changes and expect the removal of content on critical race theory, black queer studies, intersectionality, and other topics that violate our laws. End quote. So the College Board CEO defended these changes to the new curriculum. He said in a statement, quote, No one is excluded from this course. The black artists and inventors whose achievements have come to light, the black women and men, including gay Americans who played pivotal roles in the civil rights movement, and people of faith from all backgrounds who contributed to the anti-slavery and civil rights causes. Everyone is seen, end quote. Andrew, first of all, have you had a chance to, to see the new official framework? You know, the college board goes through a whole process when they bring a course online. They pilot it, they get feedback from students, from the educators who are teaching it, and they then make adjustments. And so that's the normal part of what the college board does when they're creating uh, these new courses. I think what we saw in Florida, unfortunately, was literally a course that was being taught in one of our schools, for example, in Miami-Dade County, that was stopped midstream because the governor said, we're 
we're not offering this course. And students have actually spoken out saying they were denied an opportunity and, and uh, their rights to be able to learn more uh, about African-American history uh, through an elective AP course that they were piloting. And so, you know, that's the ramification, I think, largely of what we've seen here. Frederick Ingram is secretary-treasurer of the American Federation of Teachers. That's one of the country's largest teachers' unions. He's a native Floridian who previously worked as a public school teacher in Florida. We deserve honest history. And if you're talking about advanced placement African-American history, then you're talking about some of those things like uh, reparations. You're talking about some of those things like Jim Crow or slavery or the Reconstruction and the backlash to Reconstruction. You're talking about the Civil Rights Act. And those are uncomfortable uh, situations, but they're not political in the sense that we're trying to indoctrinate students. We're trying to teach students the truth about American history. And American history involves and is centered all around African-American history and the... uh, the things that African-Americans have offered this country over the last 250 years. Andrew, what concerns have you heard from Florida teachers about the ban? So teachers in Florida are quite concerned with what's going on in our state because, again, you know, you're talking about it was piloted in in a handful of schools across the country, um, but but there is right now, this week, a review going on in Florida of all um, African-American history standards in the state of Florida. And what does that mean? Where will that lead? You know, what we're hearing from state officials is trust us, it will be okay. But but there is a concern when you've already come out and said, we don't want certain topics. I mean, look, the Black Lives Matter movement is a movement that's occurring in our country today. And kids see it every day. I, I was talking to some teachers and, and staff the other day, and there was a, a paraprofessional from a kindergarten classroom. And I asked them all, I said, tell me uh, how many kids in your class have an iPhone or a smartphone of some kind? And, and this kindergarten paraprofessional said, every one of my kids does. So kids have smartphones. They have access to all kinds of information on a regular basis. The question is, do we want to guide that, that exploration? Do we want to make sure that kids understand uh, the varying viewpoints and then truly can can draw their own conclusions and really figure out what's going on? Or do we want them to just explore on the internet, which we know is full of misinformation, inaccurate information, and sometimes violent information? And is that what we want kids exploring? Or do we want to do it in an education setting with trained professionals? So you said Black history courses in Florida right now are being reviewed. Are any other subjects under review at the moment? Not at the moment. Um, Florida does go through a standards review every few years. And so all of the social studies standards will begin a review process this spring with new standards for all of our, our uh, social studies and history classes starting in the 24-25 school year. Help me out here because many of the arguments around education in Florida I've heard framed as parental rights issues, that parents should have the right to say what their child learns. AP courses are courses students opt into, presumably with input from their parents. So it it seems to me that not all parents are part of the conversation about what kinds of education students have access to. That's my read of the situation. What's your read? Well, it's interesting to me because in the state of Florida right now, I've been saying things like parents actually don't have the freedom that they're alleged to have, right? Parents 
as a parent myself, right? I have a daughter, one in college, but I have a daughter in middle school still. And if I want my daughter to read books that may be of a controversial subject, I no longer have that right because someone who's not even connected to the school system, whether it's the governor or in this new law, we've seen a lot of places with, with people who have no kids in the school system are requesting and demanding books be banned from our schools. And so my daughter does not necessarily have access to those books at school, which is what I as a parent would want. Or if I as a parent want my kid in an African-American studies AP class uh, when she gets into high school, I wouldn't have that right because the governor has said we're not offering that class in Florida. And we've seen that at the higher ed level as well with them wanting to ban certain classes dealing with diversity uh, and other topics in our colleges. Again, saying that college students are not free to take any class that they wish to take. So this is where I think it runs afoul of parent rights because parent rights in Florida have always been there. If a parent saw a book or a topic that they had concerns about, they could ask for an alternative assignment and get it. And what we're seeing in Florida right now with book banning and course narrowing uh, is not coming from parents. It's coming from people outside the public schools. And in Florida, 85% of children attend Florida's public schools. That's Andrew Spar. He's president of the Florida Education Association. Andrew, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me today, Jen. Have a good one. We should note this controversy comes in the middle of a sweeping DeSantis crackdown on Florida education. On Tuesday, he proposed a set of higher education reforms, including mandating courses in Western civilization and eliminating DEI programs. Last night, the president of Florida's new college was fired and a DeSantis ally was installed in her place. Like the AP course, DeSantis has accused the new college of quote-unquote indoctrinating students. Susan in Florida emailed us, I am furious about what is happening in Florida. The banning of that course is not just about censoring black history. It's about erasing LGBTQ history and women's history. These are intersections that deserve to be explored. And let's bring two new voices into the conversation. Janae Nelson is the president of the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. Janae, welcome to the program. Thank you. And also with us is Adam Lotz. He's an education historian and the author of The Other School Reformers, Conservative Activism in American Education. Adam, thanks for coming back. Thanks very much. Happy to be here. Janae, what is the legal basis for Governor DeSantis's claim that this pilot AP African-American Studies course violates Florida law? You know, it's very hard to square uh, his assessment of the curriculum with Florida law other than the Stop Woke law, which uh, is presently enjoined as a result of a lawsuit that the Legal Defense Fund brought with our co-counsel and another lawsuit. It's enjoined in universities and colleges across Florida, which means it can't be enforced. But in the K through 12 setting, it seems that uh, Governor DeSantis is attempting to rid the curriculum of certain subject matter. And uh, his basis is that, you know, it makes certain people uncomfortable at the end of the day. We believe it's, uh, you know, very clearly viewpoint discrimination and, in fact, race discrimination, that he has targeted certain parts of Uh, history and curricula and determine that it's inappropriate for our younger learners in a multiracial democracy. So what's your response, Janae, to the updated course framework and the college board's decision to revise the course? Well, there are a few things. And and one is that I would like to examine it further to, you know, better understand what revisions were made. I think we all know that when a course is piloted, it is not going to come out on the other side of that process the same way that it went in. 
What I'm most concerned about is to see whether the core subject areas that reflect the full diversity of the Black experience uh, is still reflected in the curriculum. And I think it's, um, you know, it, it would be very disappointing and, in fact, uh, quite dangerous if the AP curriculum was changed in response to Governor DeSantis. And I understand that uh, the College Board is saying that it wasn't changed in response, that this is just the normal course of developing a curriculum that is new and being piloted, and that remains to be seen. So I will withhold my full assessment until I've fully examined the new curriculum, but I will say very emphatically, if it was changed in response to Governor DeSantis, then that would be deeply disappointing. A cursory review of the changes made by the College Board. It seems that the names of many Black writers and scholars associated with critical race theory and the queer experience in Black feminism um, have been reduced or removed. Uh, people such as ta Coates, Bell Hooks, and Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, it seems that uh, some topics like Black Lives Matter have been removed from the formal curriculum. Uh, black conservatism, a research project around that, has been added. Uh, the content on Africa, slavery, reconstruction, and the civil rights movement seems to have remained largely intact. But the study of contemporary topics, again, such as Black Lives Matter, um, affirmative action, queer life, and the debate over reparations, it seems that's been reduced. Adam, this kind of regulation on teaching the history of marginalized groups, it's it's not new. Can you give us some context here historically, when it's been happening, um, when it tends to bubble up? Sure, sure. Happy to. Uh, There is, um, uh, uh, you know, since the the end of the Civil War, there's been this fight over the history of the the country going way back. Um, And so I and this is what I think is worse when you see a headline that that uh, the state government is banning black studies. Uh, that's bad, but I think what they're actually doing is part of the longer tradition, and it's worse. They're not banning it. They're hoping, like white conservatives have done, you know, for over a hundred years, they're trying to control it. They still want to tell the story of, uh, include the story of of uh, black history, but they want to um, sugarcoat it. They want to take out uh, this the essence of it, which is a story of struggle. Uh, inequality and constant need to fight inequality, and they want to replace it with a, a kind of a just so story for high schoolers or school kids of all ages that American history is only a history of heroism. Uh, it might be able to include black um, uh, activists, and as you mentioned, black conservatives was prominently added to the optional project list, but uh, the crutch has always been uh, turning history into what it is. Uh, from what it is, sorry, taking history and turning it from what it is to uh, a story that's only meant to support a certain vision of America as a, a, a certain type of exceptionally heroic nation. And that's the problem. It's not that they're, it's like the, if you took your car to the DeSantis garage, um, it's not like he says, I won't fix it. That would be bad. It's instead, he says, oh, okay, I fixed it. And you say, okay, and you take your car out on the road and it blows up in your face. That's the problem here. They're trying to take real history and t- whitewash it, turn it into something it's not, but let students and families still think like they're hearing the real truth, which they're not. 
We got this tweet from Laura who says, I'm from Florida and have a master's in history. Aside from the blatant racism and DeSantis' latest assault on Florida, how is this possible with the First Amendment? And AP classes aren't required, so how can you ban optional courses? Uh, Janae, can you give us some, some grounding there legally? Well, I think these courses can be banned in that states do generally have you know, oversight over the curricula in K through 12 schools. What they can't do, however, is ban content based on the viewpoints expressed, content uh, and viewpoint discrimination, and nor can they ban them to the extent that it targets a particular group because of their race, because of their gender, because of their sexual orientation. So there are limits on what a state can do, even though it generally has a wide berth in determining what its uh, students learn in elementary and secondary schools. In this case, um, the Stop Woke Law is a, a, a clear violation, in our view, of the First Amendment and of the Equal Protection Clause. So what are your plans to challenge not just what's happening in Florida, but we should note that 15 other states, including Arizona and Tennessee, have educational gag orders that will penalize those who step outside of restrictions. So what are your plans moving forward? Well, we uh, have already, as, as I noted, been litigating this issue in the state of Florida. We've already been able to uh, stop the law from being enforced in colleges and universities. And we are working with a broader coalition of civil rights organizations to attack these laws as they pop up across the country. We're also encouraging everyday citizens to stand up and voice their opposition to this attack and war on truth, this attack on history, this attack on uh, the, the future citizens of this country who need to understand the multicultural, multiracial, multiethnic uh, uh, history of this country in order to sustain our democracy going forward. So this is something that takes everyone's uh, attention and involvement because it will affect future generations in a very palpable way if they are denied the opportunity to understand the history and culture of every, of those around them. That's Janae Nelson. She's president of the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. Janae, thanks for speaking with us. You're very welcome. We got this tweet from Will who says, I believe that there needs to be a standard curriculum for history across the board. All children need to be educated in the objective basics of American history, but we also need to provide kids with options for supplementary education. Adam, has has that ever been the case in American history that there's been a historical standard, uh, an educational standard um, across the board when it comes to how we teach history? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, so um, most prominently, most famously, and it's almost funny, uh, for years and years, uh, school textbook publishers would produce what they called, I'm not making it up, mint julep editions, uh, history textbooks that would be sold south of the Mason-Dixon line with literally, in some cases, sections excised, uh, sections that were... Um, too, seen as too provocative for, you know, school districts and state governments to purchase and approve. Um, and so, you know, the idea of having uh, multiple competing histories has, uh, that, that's been the American standard. Um, and, and famous uh, people who should be included in any treatment of Black history were part of the most famous, uh, Carter Woodson, for example, springs to mind as some of the most uh, famous people in the 20th century, most effective people who have continuously battled 
the, the attempt by um, white conservative politicians, but also mainstream textbook companies to uh, eliminate and distort the real history of race relations in American, America's past. Well, roughly 60 schools were selected to test that pilot version of the AP African American Studies course. Alex Yankee teaches it at Golda Meyer High School in downtown Milwaukee. We talk about arts, we talk about cultural trends, we talk about the diaspora outside of the United States as well, which might not be included in some of the other classes that I've taught before. Devin Hayden is one of Yankee's students, and here she is speaking to NPR. I think taking this class really helped me understand that there's a broader history besides slavery and civil rights movement that we can all, you know, stand to know about. And being able to learn about all of that really just kind of made my education a lot more wholesome. Adam, what do you make of claims that school-aged children can't handle learning about some, some historical topics? Oh, uh, well, I think that the, the, the real tragedy of a lot of this is that most of this isn't about school-aged children and their best possible experience. School-aged children, I taught middle school and high school for a lot of years. Uh, not only can they handle it, when you cut it, they recognize that you've just uh, taken something that was true and, and controversial and something that they recognize from their real life, from what they're seeing on their phones, and you've turned it into something that in their eyes is patently false. And mostly, most common that the response by students isn't protest sometimes, but the more common response is really heartbreaking. It's apathy. If you tell students something that they know isn't real because they see the real thing on their phones every day, if you're telling something that doesn't match, that everything was fine in the past and there weren't problems among racial groups and America's story is one of sort of unbroken heroic striving, that just doesn't fit with what they know from real life. And they mostly simply tune it out. Well, I think it's interesting because we talk a lot about kids on their phones, but they also don't just sort of pop into existence from from nowhere. They have personal histories. They have parents and grandparents who are also sharing their lived experiences with kids. So they're living within this broader context about what the history, what history they came out of based on the, the lives of the people who, who they come from. Lily tweeted us, I'm in Florida in tears yet again. Everything I used to love about this state is being systematically destroyed by DeSantis. At least what was left after decades of Republican carelessness and hate, furious, and the state Dems are utterly silent and without leadership. Well, Illinois' Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker has said that if the updated curriculum is changed to appeal to Governor DeSantis, he won't allow it to be taught in Illinois schools. And Adam, what does it say that there's this continuum in American history of different versions of history being taught and learned depending on where you live? Uh, And uh, depending on where you live, and as you mentioned, depending a lot on who your parents are, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, the norm is that, you know, over history, over time for the last hundred years at least, um, de- the, the, what you take as the sort of standard story depends a lot on what your family story is. So Illinois, Florida, Massachusetts, I think those things have been traditional uh, um, differences in how Americans tend to learn history. But as you mentioned, it goes way deeper than that. It's what video games you play. It's what your, what your grandmother told you when you were a kid. It's who you are as a person. So I think the norm is for there never to have been one standard history story. 
We're discussing AP African American History and the College Board's revised course. Up next, we speak to a Florida state senator about the ban and what comes next now that the College Board has released its revised curriculum. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Let's get back to the conversation by adding a new voice. Chevron Jones is a Democratic member of the Florida State Senate. He's also a former AP teacher. Senator Jones, it's great to have you back. Thank you for having me, Jen. Also with us is Natalia Melman Petrozella. She's a professor of history at the New School and author of Classroom Wars, Language, Sex, and the Making of Modern Political Culture. Natalia, welcome back. Thank you. Nice to be here. Senator Jones, in your days as an AP science teacher, you helped develop advanced curriculum. So first, what do you make of the Florida Department of Education's claim that the pilot African-American studies course lacked educational value? Well, Jen, on the surface, I think that that statement was an insult to uh, the 22 percent of the African-Americans who live here in the state of Florida. Uh, Frankly, politics have no place in determining school curriculum, because if we rely on elected officials to tell our children what they can and cannot learn about, um, that's the epitome of political indoctrination. As a former AP uh, chemistry, AP biology teacher. Uh, I, I don't want people to think that these curriculums are not well thought out. Experts sit at the table. Even after the experts sit at the table, they are then tested on teachers. Where we come and we workshop a lot of these, a lot of these things. So these curriculums go through a rigorous study from the experts and then brought down to the practitioners. And that's the same thing that's happening right now with the African American Studies, which is an opt-in course that students will have had the ability in the state of Florida uh, to gain that interest and want to sit through that that interest to learn those lived experiences uh, of of. African-American history uh, in the past. Uh, Natalia, this argument over what to include in school curriculums, and and it's something we've mentioned before, is often presented as an effort to protect kids from information that might be harmful. In this context, what do you make of that argument? You know, um, as a parent and a teacher, of course, I want to protect kids. It's uh, so important to any good society. But in a lot of these curricular debates, including this one, I think that the kind of trope of the innocent child who must be protected from all these dangerous ideas is really overwrought. And we're actually damaging kids more by saying we're protecting them from these um, dangerous ideas when actually we are kind of playing ourselves as the grownups in the room who these kids, you know, look at their teachers who aren't allowed or refuse to talk about certain topics. And they know those topics are important. They know they're shaping their lives in history. And what they end up, what ends up happening is they're kind of resigned that, oh, you know, school is just feeding me like a bill of goods. This isn't real history. And so I think one thing to really pay attention to, whether it's this conversation or also conversations about, you know, teaching about sexuality and gender in schools, which is very related to this, is that often, and this is a big red flag to me, you you hear opponents to these ideas saying that any mention of these controversial topics is in itself indoctrination. If a kid hears the words critical race theory or is taught about these ideas, they're immediately going to become these like, you know, sort of unthinking zombie followers of these ideas. That's just wrong. I'm on board with teaching real history and grappling with ideas, but then you have to teach about the ideas that shape our society. And that involves teaching about a range of perspectives. You erase critical race theory from that. You erase a real and a body of ideas 
that has had a lot of influence in African-American and American history. Senator Jones, when the Florida legislature reconvened in the spring, what kind of response should we expect from lawmakers on this issue? Well, I think the response has already started. When we were in committee uh, last week, uh, the black legislators, we got together along with uh, Attorney Ben Crump and um, students uh, to call out what the governor uh, was doing. But I think it's important for us to point out that this is more than just about AP courses. Uh, We are dealing with the story of race in America. We are witnessing America having to come to terms uh, with its ugly history. Uh, You can't talk about the injustices of this country without talking about Trayvon Martin, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and how those events led to the Black Lives Matter movement. You can't talk about the civil rights movement without talking about Bayard Rustin, Marsha P. Johnson, or James Baldwin, uh, with also, without also telling the truth that these shining lights were leaders in the LGBTQ community. And last thing, you can't talk about the intersectionality of Black people without talking about Kimberly Crenshaw, Roderick Ferguson, Nicole Hannah-Jones, or Bell Hooks. These were authors who narrated the story of who we are and how we became who we are. All of these all of these stories, all of these instances are stories that young people, students, AP students who by mind you that these students are bright. They're going to find these resources as a as a as a undergirt to be able to make the case regardless hiding this information from AP students, hiding this information from students where they, the world is at their fingertips, all of this, all it's going to do is let young people know that, you know what, someone is trying to hide the truth from me. And that's what happens when you're trying to uncover the truth. Uh, individuals who are in power, they will try to hide it. Senator Jones, I just want to talk about the political realities right now in Florida. It's a Republican-controlled state. So while there are legal efforts being made to push back on the blocking of teaching certain histories in the state. Legislatively, what can you really do? Legislatively, there's nothing that the Democrats uh, can do outside of what we're doing now and amplifying this message to, uh, to, to gain national attention so individuals can understand that Governor DeSantis's plan is far greater than just talking about Florida. This is a national approach so everyone nationally can be on notice that this is the type of leader that he is going to be to going into public schools, indoctrinating people, banning books because he calls it indoctrination, uh, indoctrination, telling teachers what they can and cannot say, which is indoctrination within itself. This is a larger approach. While we while we are dealing with real issues in Florida, I can guarantee you right now the tone that will be set in this next legislative session will be Governor DeSantis's notice to America is this is who I am and I'm running for president. Adam, can you can you place this conversation within a broader historical context, even outside of the U.S.? Sure, sure. Well, you know, the 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 um, the really disturbing thing to me is that we don't need to go outside the U.S. to f- see really disturbing parallels for this kind of stuff. So 100 years ago, one of the strongest proponents of a new textbook, one that would overcome regional differences and would tell a heroic history of the United States, one of the biggest proponents of that textbook was the Ku Klux Klan. And they wanted, uh, they gave their wholehearted support to a drastic um, restructuring of history curriculum. And it, sadly, the, the things that attracted Klan leadership to this textbook, a, a textbook written by one Charles Horn, um, was similar to what we're hearing today, that it didn't raise controversial issues that divided people by class and race. 
Instead, it told a history that brought Americans together. That was what the publicity said about the Klan textbook. So um, certainly internationally, we've seen right-wing movements for, you know, in the, during the 20th century, fascist movements and other authoritarian movements that have done similar things to unify uh, a sense of national tradition. Um, and I say whether we, w- whether we use uh, whatever label we use, I am, I am similarly, similarly disturbed. Uh, there's, um, it's a dangerous move, and not just that, it's a dangerous move made for purely ambitious political short-term goals that leaves children in the lurch because it robs them of a real understanding of, of history. We got this email from Sarah who says, as a college professor, the premise of AP courses is that the content is equivalent to what students would encounter in an introductory college course in the subject. Reparations, intersectionality, Black feminism, and Black queer theory are essential frameworks or topics that would be introduced in such a course. It's hard for me to see how universities will accept AP credit for a course that doesn't address key content. Natalia, what questions have DeSantis's ban on this pilot uh, studies course and and the revisions now made to that course. What questions has it raised about outsourcing curriculum to third-party companies like the College Board? I think that's such a key question. And I've been really dismayed by the fact that, you know, people who are rejecting for very good reasons DeSantis's like uh, autocratic um decision to kind of ban this uh, question, whole this cu- curriculum wholesale, I've been dismayed to see people just automatically run to defend the AP as itself a kind of positive way to teach African-American history or any history. And I think that in the same way that we are raising really important questions about, you know, whether a governor should be able to do this, should we be outsourcing so much of our education around critical topics, history, science, African-American studies to a third party for-profit company. And so what I hope that we really um, start to do here is think about what it means to do that. And especially because if you think about um, what students are getting in college, they are getting college credit. And it's so important also for the cost of college for students, I think, to be able to have AP. But this also means that they're then not going to take a deeper Um, African-American studies class maybe in college because they've already kind of placed out of that requirement. And I think that that's really important because even a really great high school teacher working with an AP curriculum, it's probably not going to be at the level of depth of college courses. And so I hope that this whole really ugly episode, which is really only starting, makes us rethink maybe how much we rely on AP um, in our high schools. Senator Jones, what next steps are ahead for you? Well, I think that we're going to see a series of different demonstrations that that will be taking place. Um, you have a uh, you have pastors from all across the state of Florida, black pastors, uh, who will be organizing uh, to come to Tallahassee. You know, why is this important? Because if Florida can get away with this, this will make its way across the country. Our children cannot be the petri dish of the Republican Party to whitewash history, to not tell the truth, and to say that teachers are the enemy or our education system are the, is, is the enemy. Uh, this is a dangerous approach to what we're happening. History has, taught, has shown us uh, that this type of rhetoric, all it does is create more divisiveness. And when we look at what's happening in our public education system right now, we understand in Florida that our teachers are already not paid. We understand that our, our classrooms are already underfunded. And to add insult to injury as we're moving into this direction, all this does is let, allow parents to look at 
our education system and see it as more as a problem rather than a solution as it should be for our students. That's Chevron Jones. He's a Democratic member of the Florida State Senate and a former teacher. Also with us today, education historian Adam Lotz and Natalia Melman Petrozella. She's a professor of history at the New School. Thanks to you all. Today's producer was Lauren Hamilton. This program comes to you from WAMU, part of American University in Washington, distributed by NPR. I'm Jen White. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again tomorrow. This is 1A.